everybody, welcome back to Sunny Day Review. I'm Brian. I'm Jillian. Jillian, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing great. Um, been mentally preparing myself. As we talked in the last oh. episode, we recorded episodes and they got corrupted. And I thought um, we were past this one. And I was like, okay, you know what? I handled that. I did good. I didn't cry on the podcast. But uh, here we are again. I am so angry at your OBS for making me talk through this again. I, I'm like, I just, I can't, I can't, I don't like it. No. <laughs> so uh, I, no, I noticed in the background, in honor of this episode, you got a couple of Funko Pops. Yes. So uh, my lovely, wonderful boyfriend uh, for Valentine's Day got me the no longer in production uh, Oz Funko Pop, which for anybody watching audio, I'm, I'm showing off. The, uh, the Funko Pop right now. Yes. Head um, over to YouTube. Check it out. Yes. So he got me Oz, which is actually no longer in print. And it's, I, I love it. It's I, very I nice. It. Yeah. He knows how to speak to my heart. It really does. It's like the perfect <laughs> gift. Let it be said that the first Funko Pop for Buffy that I've owned was not actually Buffy. It was Oz. Mm, like that, that tells you everything you need to know. Naturally. About <laughs> uh, so naturally, because you can't just have Oz. No. So I had to get the Willow Very from the cute. same yep. the same uh, set series mm-hmm. whatever the same grouping. Right. Uh, so I have uh, Willow and Oz, and they will be together forever. And you can never tell me otherwise. I like it. <laughs> so yes, uh, in this episode we are covering Wild at Heart. Ah, oh, we are, and it hurts me. It hurts my heart. Wow. Well, <laughs> Let's, let's not draw this out. Let's let's jump yeah. into it. Okay. Um, so Wild at Heart, Season 4, Episode 6, originally aired November 9th, 1999, written by Marty Noxon, and it shows, <laughs> um, and directed by David Grossman. So right. uh, let's get into this so we can get out of this. Because, <laughs> um, so episode opens with Buffy uh, sprinting through the popul- a populated area of campus being chased by a vampire. She thanks the vampire for the relocation because she performs better without an audience. Uh, no one noticed a girl like running for her life through campus being chased by a guy in full vamp face, which mm-hmm. I kind of just questioned that. Like I realized they, they go to Sunnydale College. They probably likely went to Sunnydale High School. Mm. None of this should really surprise them, but like just getting no reaction whatsoever seems a little odd. Yeah. Um they fight, Buffy slays, then walks off saying the vampire was lame and basically challenging the forces of darkness to send her something a little bit more impressive and more challenging. Uh go ahead. Uh, just be careful what you wish for, Buffy. Yeah. <laughs> uh as she walks off the camera pans back and we see Spike in a tree. Yes. Awesome. Uh, he has been stalking his prey. He starts a bad guy monologuing, saying that Buffy should be careful what she wishes for because the big bad is back. And immediately he gets tasered, falls out of the tree, and we see him get scooped up and carried off by a bunch of guys in army gear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so Spike obviously thinks he's, you know, the big bad of the season, but uh, what oh, yeah. does he know? <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. The Scoobies are hanging out at the Bronze, talking about how hanging out there is more fun now because they don't have to worry about curfews and they feel more grown up. Uh, Willow says it's comforting um, and it's like her big comfy blankie. 
Oz says that he thought that he was her big comfy blankie, to which uh, Willow clarifies that Oz is her person blankie, where the bronze is her place blankie. Somewhere that they can return to uh, with all the shock of the new, a place where everything is familiar and predictable. Then Giles shows up. The gang is immediately confused and thinks there's something like bad going on. He's come to find them. <laughs> Because um, remember, this is like the time before cell phones. So yes. if something was going down, he would need to like physically go mm. and find them. Yeah. Um, Can't believe the Watchers Council didn't supply a pager for Buffy. You know, she could have needed that. She had one because she said, "If the apocalypse comes, beat me." She had a pager, but oh, they yeah. never ever ever use it. They just had a throwaway line for huh. a joke, and then yeah, they're like, "Eh, beepers or whatever." <laughs> I mean. 1999 this was were cell phones a big thing yet no not a big thing no. i'm sure people definitely had them but they weren't yeah. like a huge thing they were like those big block ones yeah i i remember um the one my dad had and it it looked ridiculous compared to the ones now <laughs> <laughs> um so let's see so it turns out there's nothing bad going on giles was just there to hang out and have a good time mm. uh will... he is Sorry, yeah. He is bored. He has yes. no social life. He has no friends, and he doesn't know what to do with himself. Oh man! Uh, so I will say, well, I was saying like the bronze is like a familiar, comfy blanket. It's like you guys have seen a lot of bad stuff happen at the bronze. <laughs> like, I I get it, kind of, but also, you know, I guess all their other hangouts, yeah. you know, blew up. Yeah. In last year, so. Yep. Plus, they can go there and get drinks. That's true. So. Not not many people IDing, apparently. Oh, no. Are you kidding? They, they were all hanging out as high schoolers there. Mm. They don't card. There's a bouncer, but I've never seen him do anything. Saw, we saw him die. There. Oh, yeah. One bouncer did die. Yeah. But, yeah. But, I mean. No, but they can. I mean, it's just like. Mm. Rather than going and hanging out in the blown up high school, at right. least there's there's food and beverages at the bronze. Yeah. Also, like side note, if you're a vampire who's not evil, bouncer, pretty good job. It's at night, yeah. you're super strong. So like if anyone starts something, you can handle yourself. You know? Yeah. So any vampires out there looking can <laughs> <laughs> perhaps consider. <laughs> I think it's that sometimes their egos are a little bit too big for them to actually go out and get a legitimate job. True. Like, true. can you can you imagine like Spike being a bouncer? <laughs> I imagine it going very poorly, <laughs> very yeah. quickly. He would be very bored mm. and probably end up biting women. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he'd be like, I don't. I, I don't want to stand here for hours. Yeah. Yeah. It's fair. Although it does beg the question, how do, like, vampires get money to go buy animal blood at the butcher shop? So it is a good question. Um, or, I like, pay have... their rent or electricity. Mm -hmm. I guess they just, when they kill people, they just take money. I guess so. Yeah. It's, it's not. I don't know. It's a good question, Joe. All things to consider. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh, Veruca's band is playing at the bronze again, and Oz is immediately fixated on her. Willow kind of tries to, like, distract him, but he just keeps looking back up. Like, 
Yeah, well, I was like, would it be cool if you didn't gawk openly at another girl? Is that would that be fun? And they're like asking him questions, and he's like kind of answering, but mm. not taking his eyes off that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, the next morning, Willow and Oz are waking up in bed together. Uh, Willow's having a bad dream and talking in her sleep, and Oz gently pulls her out of it. It is utterly adorable. Yes. I love them. Um, Oz mentions that the first night of the full moon is that night. Willow says that she's doing a three-night orientation with a Wicca group on campus, and they like their three-night orientation is the three nights when he's a wolf, so he's going to mm. have to like lock himself up. She can't be there to help him. And he's like, that's fine. Not a big deal. Yeah, I've done this. We yeah. welded a cage for me, apparently. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so let's see. Uh, Buffy does better on a paper in Professor Walsh's class than Willow does. Willow is proud, then jealous, then even more proud of Buffy <laughs> for making her jealous of her for academic reasons. Yeah. Willow's a real friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great scene. Um, and also it goes to show, like, Buffy is very smart. Like, yes. we, we get to see it. In a lot of the stuff she does, but uh, there's also like the reminders, like stuff like this. Like she applies herself. Yeah. To do it. Um. So let's see. Willow and Oz meet for lunch. Oz gets there first and is roped into sitting at a table with Baruka because there aren't any other tables open. Willow joins them in the middle of a technical music discussion and struggles to find a place to contribute since she doesn't understand what they're talking about. Mm. Things become really awkward and Oz and Baruka both leave. Yeah. It's not great. Um, no. I will say Oz didn't really work hard to include Willow in this, you know? No, it was it was just a bad situation because he got there and Baruka was like, well, are you going to sit on the ground? Yeah. And he's like, no, but my girlfriend's coming, so it's mm -hmm. kind of weird. And she's like, Baruka's like, well, there's room for her too. Like, I don't care what the yeah. big deal is. Yeah. Um, but then they get into, like, this incredibly technical music discussion and mm. willow shows up and they just keep having this conversation and yeah there was there was no like great yeah no. <laughs> just wasn't it wasn't a great situation we'll just leave it at that um so let's see uh that night oz is or yeah that night, Oz is locked in a crypt, um, but his wolf form is too strong for the door, and he breaks it down. Remember that this is, I mean, probably not the first night he's been locked up in this cage. I don't know where they had him locked up over the summer, but they've, right. lo they've lost access to the somehow stupidly strong book cage that was back at the library. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, considering how strong the thing was, it may still be there. Yeah, no, it probably didn't burn down. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Um, but now Oz has a new cage that looks like it's in some sort of like mausoleum in the, um, in the cemetery. Mm. So he manages to break down the door. Uh, he starts running around campus. Uh, this is Wolf Oz, obviously. Yes. Um, comes across Professor Walsh, um, starts chasing her, only losing the chase after coming across another werewolf and getting distracted by fighting with the other werewolf. Mm. The next morning, Oz wakes up in the woods, naked, covered in scratch marks with no memory, and finding Baruka there with him, it is revealed that she was the other werewolf. That's not great. No. Um, but explains, like, the... kind of why Oz has been a little bit fixated on her, and mm -hmm. why, like... Um, I don't know if it's like a hormone thing or just like a 
like a scent thing. Urge. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's definitely been something going on between Baruka and Oz for a couple mm. of episodes at this point. Yeah. Um, let's see. The laundry room, Baruka attempts to seduce Oz. Uh, he almost gives in, the wolf in him still being drawn to her, but is able to fight it off. He heads back to his dorm to check the newspaper to find out if he or Veruca attacked anybody the night before. Um, Buffy overhears and then joins in a conversation with Professor Walsh and Riley, where Professor Walsh is describing how she was attacked by two giant dogs the night before. Um, she describes them as dogs as big as gorillas. <laughs> yeah, dogs as big as uh, men in uh, wolf costumes. Yeah. Um, let's see. Buffy immediately knows uh, that it was a wolf moon the night before, though she doesn't mention anything to Walsh or Riley for obvious reasons. Yeah, how do you bring it up, you know? Yeah. But uh, Walsh's entire point of that was, like, just be careful walking around campus at right? night because I almost got attacked by two giant dogs last mm. night. But yeah. Um, Willow finds Oz in his dorm. Uh, as Passion of the Nerd puts it, because I, I shout him out almost every episode. I didn't yeah. shout him out last episode. Right. Um, but I love his episodes. Um, he does, like, individual per Buffy episode videos, like, mm. breaking down in, like, much deeper detail than we get into. Yes. But um, as he points out in his episode on this episode, uh, she uh, Willow is wearing a outfit that her insecurities bought her. It's like, uh, you know, lower cut top than she would typically wear. She's got, like, uh, tight leather black pants on mm. and um, she tells Oz that she knows she's been overthinking things and uh, her words and actions clearly shows that she craves like intimacy with um, with Oz that they it seems like they haven't really had in a while mm -hmm. uh, it goes back to a comment that she made earlier in the episode where you know she was saying that you know her brain gets really busy but there are certain things that shut her brain off completely and having intimacy time with oh. Oz is one of those things. Um, so she's like, she's even like apologizing for the weirdness that happened when she had lunch with Oz and Veruca. And yeah. Um, Oz politely turns her down, basically saying that he didn't get a lot of sleep the night before, but Willow is clearly very hurt. Um, I think Oz kind of shuts her down because he didn't he doesn't know what he did with Veruca the night before he's covered in scratch marks mm. that Willow would probably ask about probably <laughs> um so yeah so Willow has to talk to Xander to get like kind of a guy's perspective on her situation he actually gives her really solid advice to talk to Oz and be honest with him about how she's feeling mm. Buffy goes to check in with Oz, who is fixing the door in his cage. He admits that he got out. Buffy says she hasn't heard anything about uh, attacks the night before, but a woman did report that she was chased by two wild dogs. Uh, Buffy tells Oz that she, if she finds the other wolf while out patrolling that night, Oz might have a roommate moving forward. And Oz is like, no, that's, that's fine. You can find a different cage. <laughs> the book cage is probably still standing. I don't see probably. why we couldn't just put a... Her, uh, her, I mean, him, whatever, in there. Yeah. Anyways. He does not mention to Buffy that it is Veruca, or that he right. knows anything about another werewolf yet. Mm. So he keeps that kind of close to the chest. 
That night before sunset, Oz is waiting at the door of his cage. Veruca shows up saying that she isn't going to get in the cage with him as they deserve to run free. She can tell the two of them, uh, or you can tell the two of them are like feeling the change coming on. Uh, I think Veruca explains it as like, it's like blood boiling. Mm. Um, Oz says that she wants her to come in the cage with him so that uh, they can't hurt any other people to keep everybody else safe. Veruca doesn't seem to care. Oz gives into Veruca's seduction, pulling her into the cage with him in the process, closing and locking the door. Yeah, so Veruca, she's crazy. She just doesn't care, you know? No. She's like, oh, yeah, go out there. I don't care who I kill or maim or whatever. I deserve to be this. That's insane. Or who they might bite in the process. Yeah. (sighs) So, yeah, not great. Oz is a responsible werewolf. Veruca, not so much. Yeah. He's responsible to a point. Right. There's a better way they could have done this, but mm. if he would have just talked to Buffy or Willow or Giles, <laughs> right. and basically anybody. Um, but yeah, the next morning, Willow comes to bring Oz breakfast and discovers him and Veruca naked and in bed together in the cage. Oz tries to explain that he had to lock her in the cage with him because she's also a wolf and would have hurt somebody. Mm. Uh, this doesn't help to resolve willow's pain at all as she points out rightfully so that oz could have told someone about veruca and they could have found another solution rather than locking the two of them up together right um yeah i mean i i love oz but i can't back him up on this yeah especially if he was like you know lifts up his shirt you see the scratch marks all over him from the two of them fighting they could have very easily killed each other mm-hmm. so it's it they should have found like a different solution like separate cages type mm. situation right. um but yeah so after wandering around town in her despair and nearly getting hit by a car only to be saved to the last sec- last second by riley willow fills buffy in on everything that happened with oz buffy says that she has to go find veruca and when she does uh this thing stops because veruca is bad news yes here's my question basically what buffy says is I'm going to go find Veruca, and once I do, this thing is over. It stops because she's bad news. What was Buffy going to do? Was Buffy going to kill Veruca? Sounded like it. I don't think there's much reasoning with her, so. Let's see. Buffy takes Oz out hunting for Veruca. They find a pile of dirty clothes, um, which they determine was meant to lead them away from campus because Veruca's going after Willow. Uh, elsewhere, we see Willow prepping a revenge spell on Oz. At the last minute, she can't go through with it. Veruca traps Willow in the science lab where she was doing the spell, mm. saying that sometimes you have to play rough or even kill to keep what's yours. She intends to change into a wolf and kill Willow so that she can have Oz all to herself. Right. Messed up. Really messed up. Oh, yeah. Um, while after Buffy and Oz found the clothes... Um, Baruka's clothes out in the woods. They rush back to the college to find Willow to protect her. Uh, Oz is somehow running faster than Buffy. Well, she runs into the initiative guys, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, so Buffy runs into uh, a couple of just guys in army gear. Hmm. Um, she's seen them around a couple of times, but, I mean, we don't know anything about them yet. Right. Um, Saw them on Halloween. Yes. Yeah. So that's important for later. Mm. I just wanted to point it out here. Um, 
let's see, Oz arrives in time to start fighting with Veruca, trying to protect Willow while the two of them start to transform into werewolves. They fight, and it's clear that Oz is willing to kill Veruca to protect Willow. Hmm. Werewolf Oz kills Werewolf Veruca, and Buffy arrives just in time to trank Oz and stop him from going after Willow. Because, hmm. um, I guess, like, he... He was conscious enough when he was transforming into a werewolf to understand why he was going after and why he needed to kill Veruca. Mm. But as soon as he was done with that, he notices Willow and tries to go after her. Right. At that point, I think he's not Oz anymore. He's just full on the werewolf, mm. um, which is the only reason that Oz would have gone after Willow. Yeah. Uh, but Buffy tranks him at the last second before he can hurt Willow, which is good. Really good. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, the next day, Buffy fills in Giles about the guy in the army gear that she ran into in the woods. She says that she saw someone dressed up like that on Halloween, but assumed they were just in costume. She says she wants to know what's up with all that, as the guy getting in her way made her made her too late to save Veruca and almost too late to save Willow as well. Mm. Um, Willow goes to speak to Oz in his dorm. He's packing and is planning on leaving for a while. Uh, like, Willow's... Or, Oz says that he's leaving. Willow's like, don't I get any say in this? And Oz is just like, no, you mm. don't. Um, it ends up with Oz basically pleading him to stay and saying, don't you love me? And Oz says, my whole life, I've never loved anything else. And that's just like my okay, heart is yeah. broken. Um, Oz leaves clearly torn and heartbroken, but believing he's doing the right thing to keep Willow safe. Willow is understandably devastated mm -hmm. um so in kind of researching this a little bit more it turns out that they had from a production standpoint uh seth green the actor who plays oz if you're not aware um had a movie deal he really wanted to take uh mm. austin powers good movie which it's a good movie um and i love i love him in those movies don't get me wrong. I love. I mean, I love Seth Green in almost everything. Idle yeah. Hands, not really my gig, um, just because I'm not a big, I'm not actually a big horror person. Mm. Um, but <laughs> just tacking your mic over there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, so Seth Green really wanted to do this movie deal. Awesome powers. Um, they had to write him out of the show. They mm. had like bigger plans for him, but they had to write him out because he wanted to leave and they let him out of his contract. So kind of regardless of that from a produc production standpoint, what do you think of Oz's decision to leave? Oz the character, not Seth Green the actor. Um, I think it's hard. I think, uh, I mean, his worst fear was that he would hurt, you know, the people he loved in fear itself. And then this uh, episode... He did. He didn't like actually physically hurt them, but hurt Willow emotionally, which is mm -hmm. you know almost just as bad. Yeah. As far as that, especially having been on the other side of that earlier in the show, mm -hmm. he knows how bad it feels. Yeah. Um, so being I can, cheated on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. So I can understand why he would be like, I need to get away from here until I figure out how to control this or if it can be controlled without me hurting people. Yeah. You know. What about you? What do you think? I mean, as we mentioned before, I think that a lot of mistakes were made here. 
Um, we see a lot of issues come up in this show when the Scoobies aren't communicating. Mm. So by Oz holding it close to the vest that Veruca was the other werewolf, he knew who she was. He knew that, you know, she has no intention of locking herself up. Um, mm. it's not, it's just not part of her routine when it comes to her werewolf side. She likes right. to run free and doesn't really care about hurting people. Mm. I think that if he had gone to Giles and or Buffy and or Willow, mm. Um, they could have put their heads together and figure something out. Right. Um, that wouldn't have it. That would have saved Veruca's life, mm. and possibly they could have figured out some sort of other, uh, some other type of way to deal with this, other than mm. what ended up happening. Right. I mean, also that's something too. Like he's probably feeling pretty guilty because. You know, oh, his yeah. inaction resulted in her dying, even though she was going to kill Willow. It was still, like, you know, not yeah. great. Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as, like, Oz killing Veruca, I, I have no problem with it. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> okay, just from, from the standpoint of she had every intention of murdering Willow. Right. He killed her in defense of Willow. Mm-hmm. So that's from a moral standpoint. That's why I don't have any issue with it. Also, I didn't right. like Veruca. But... <laughs> yeah, <fair> enough. <laughs> Again, I'm talking about it like this because they are characters in a story. Mm. Right. Not my my feelings on it would be very different if they were people in real life. Yeah, of course. Uh, I think everyone <laughs> understands. Don't worry about that. Um. But yeah, so as far as a rating for this episode, as heartbreaking and devastating, and like I hate it on principle as it is, I mm. still gave this episode nine stakes. It is an absolute watch for me. This episode is incredibly plot advancing. Um, it has super long reaching ripples throughout the rest of the season and series. Mm. Um, it holds a big nostalgia factor for me, only <laughs> this is the first episode that I ever saw. It was right. straight up one of those things like, at home one day sick from school flipping through channels i see seth green i was like oh hey what's this and this is where i started right all of that um, has led to this moment <laughs> yes we have come for full circle mm. um but yeah so yeah this this episode is emotionally devastating but it's still a fantastically written episode right yeah i gave it a nine as well it's great but it makes me sad. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. It's really it's good. Okay. But Look at my Funko Pops. Willow right. and Oz will always be together forever. On the it's show. Fine. Right. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, man. So, yeah. it's You got to watch it. Yeah. But it's tough. All right. Now we're for real past this. Um, we better be. I can't do this a third time. My heart yeah. can't take it. What's the next episode? <laughs> Uh, the next episode and the last episode that we are covering in this video uh, is Season 4, Episode 7, The Initiative. Right. Uh, originally aired November 16th, 1999, written by Douglas Petrie and directed by James A. Cotner. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so the episode opens with Riley and his friend Forrest eating lunch in, in a tiny cafeteria. <laughs> Seriously, this is the first time I noticed how small this cafeteria mm -hmm. is. And considering how big this school is, like, made out to be and how mm. many students 
they supposed to, they were like 10 tables in this cafeteria. And yes. it just, it, for some reason, watching this, it bugged me. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's like a, it's more akin to like a cafe than a cafeteria. Yeah. 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 Um, Forrest is scoping out slash objectifying women to Riley, who's not really participating. Um, Forrest <laughs> points out. Game. No. Uh, he's too much of a white knight. Yeah. To, to even consider. Uh, Forrest points out Buffy, uh, asking, isn't she hot? And Riley says, she's Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't necessarily, like, uh, yeah, it, it could actually be an answer to that question and not just him saying her name. Yeah. Um, this is, if you're if you're playing the peculiar drinking game, this is the first time you get a, a shot because this is, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure in this scene, this is the first time that Riley describes Buffy as peculiar. Right. Um, so let's see. Uh, elsewhere, we see Spike waking up in a white cell. He's given some exposition by another vampire in the next cell over. Uh, we find out that they get a packet of drug drugged blood delivered to them every day. Once a vampire is drugged, they are taken away and scientists do experiments on them. Mm. So, like, the drugs knock them out. Uh, Spike decides that Buffy is behind everything, saying he always worried what would happen if she ever got funding. Uh, he says that he'll take her apart and doesn't care how brilliant she is. <laughs> The scene immediately transitions over to uh, Buffy sitting in class. Her pen has exploded all over her hands, and she proceeds to destroy her notes in class with her inked up hands. Oh, man. It's just, like, a prime example of, like, Joss humor. Yep. Is, like, Spike admitting that Buffy is brilliant. Like, immediately swipe over to her pen has exploded all over her hands, and she wipes it on her notes. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's hysterical. Yeah. Um, let's see. Through a conversation between Riley and Willow, where Willow's asking about Oz being left off roll call, um, I have a question. Was he in this class with them? This is that, I don't recall him that Professor here. Walsh psychology class, and he's never there. Yeah. I don't understand. Um, we find out that Oz's real name is Daniel Osborne, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think we've ever heard before. I don't recall that, no. Yeah, um, let's see, after be so, Willow is like, you know, hey, Riley left a name off roll call, and, uh, Professor Walsh chimes in and is like, you know what, if he can't bother showing up to class, then he has no place in my class, and he can just not bother coming back, and, mm. uh, so after being less than understanding to Willow for her situation with Oz, Buffy confronts Professor Walsh, um, just to clarify here, Professor Walsh was the one being less than understanding to Willow. Um, so Buffy says, you know, for someone who teaches human behavior, you might try showing some. <laughs> Professor Walsh responds, it's not my job to coddle my students. And Buffy replies with, you're right. A human in pain has nothing to do with your job. <laughs> Buffy <don't>... leaves. <laughs> Buffy leaves and Professor Walsh says to Riley, I like her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, I mean, it kind of does show, like, this kind of sick humor mm. side of Professor Walsh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Xander and Giles, in need of a project due to their lack of social lives, have taken it upon themselves to track down the Commando guys, <laughs> um, which are the guys who have been running around in army gear for the last mm. couple episodes. 
uh, Xander's uh, or Giles admires Xander's stock of military grade weapons and asks where he got them all. Xander said he rel- he requisitioned them uh, that time he had he was military guy for Halloween. Uh, to which I have a question: When did Xander have time to go and break into uh, to the military base in that episode and collect basically an entire arsenal? Right. I, yeah. I think more likely while well, everyone's been at school, just Sanders just been going back and being like, ooh, <laughs> take this. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen before that he has the ability to get in there because we yes. saw him do it in, uh, I don't remember the, the episode title, but the episode with the rocket launcher of season mm. three. Right. <laughs> um, when they took out the judge. So let's see. Uh Riley is recapping Buffy's conversation or her confrontation with Professor Walsh to Forrest. Uh, Forrest pulls in Parker to get the scoop on Buffy, and Parker describes her as whiny and clingy. Um, Parker makes a disgusting joke about the difference between a freshman girl and toilet seat, and Riley, in his one moment of absolute perfection, punches <laughs> Parker square in the face. Yeah, very, uh, very Captain America of him. Yes. In this scene. Yeah. Um, but also at the same time, fulfilling what every Buffy fan wanted to do to Parker <laughs> right. in that moment. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Riley uses his spur of the moment action to finally realize that he likes Buffy. Forrest uh, chimes in with, you're kind of a moron. <laughs> it's it's one of the very few good Forrest lines. I, I generally hate Forrest just because mm. he's an asshole. Right. But uh, at that point, I'm like, you know what, Forrest, for this moment in time, you're okay. Um, so we see, uh, that we see Forrest and their other friend, Grant, who shows up from time to time, uh, poke fun at Riley because everyone knew that he was into Buffy for, like, mm. a long while, but was too dumb to figure it out. <laughs> uh, Riley goes to go find Buffy. Or, mm. no, he says, I'm gonna, I gotta go find a girl. Or, right. gotta go see a girl or something like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, back in the his like white cell, um, Spike pretends to have drank the drugged blood. In order to get out of his cell, he breaks out of, and he manages to break out of the initiative. Mm. Um, it's it's really not that difficult for him to do. No, he outsmarts these scientists pretty easily. He outsmarts like like three scientists and a bunch of guys with guns. Yeah. Like, yeah, military installation. Okay. Uh, Willow, uh, wallowing in her depression over depression over Oz leaving, is listening to music when Riley comes in looking for Buffy. Uh, so I have like the lines from this scene because I think it's hysterical. Um, so Riley, so Willow's like laying on her bed listening to, to depressing music. Riley knocks on the door and she just goes, "Come in," and he comes in. He like sits down on Buffy's bed, starts talking to Willow, and Riley's like, "I was thinking of asking about Buffy." Willow says, she's not here. <laughs> Riley's like, I know. I was thinking, I don't know much about Buffy, and I'm interested in what she likes. And so far, well, the only thing I know she likes is you. So Willow says, what do you want me to do? During that line, she realizes that um, Buffy's weapons bag is on the floor next to her bed, completely open, and Riley hasn't noticed it yet. So Willow's trying to like kind of kick it under Buffy's bed without mm. having Riley notice her. Um, 
so Willow asks, what do you want me to do? Riley says, just tell me something, anything. Just give me a clue to here. He literally stoops down, pushes the bag under Buffy's bed and stands right back up and keeps talking. Not noticing what the, the, the open bag was filled with weapons. Like, I have a, a question in my note. How did, how did Riley qualify to be part of the initiative when he's clearly not perceptive to what's going on in his own head or around him at any point in time? Yeah, I don't know. He's strong and handsome, so. <laughs> oh. Qualifications enough. <laughs> Hi. I have a friend. Uh, for anybody watching on YouTube, this is Rocky. Uh, he's one of my two cats. We have Rocky Balboa and Jack Sparrow. Um, hi. Hi, Aww. yes, you're very sweet. I love you, too. Uh, if you are listening to an audio podcast, uh, he's a Maine Coon and adorable. <laughs> and yeah. So he might be a guest star here for a minute. Yes. Um, so yeah, anyway, back to this. Um, so Riley continues, uh, just something that would help us start talking. I'm thinking, how about them Broncos isn't going to cut it? <laughs> Willow says, okay, say I help and you start a conversation. It goes great. You like Buffy, she likes you. You spend time together, feelings grow deeper. And one day, without even realizing it, you find you're in love. Time stops and it feels like the whole world is made for you two and you two alone. Until one day when one of you leaves and rips the still beating heart from the other, who is now a broken, hollow mockery of the human condition. <laughs> Riley says, "Jesus." <laughs> Riley says, yep, that's the plan. Willow says, I figured it was. having fun okay um so let's see after giving riley the best friend interrogation willow gives riley a small window into a conversation with buffy and that she likes cheese uh she also mentions that buffy has a stuffed piggy named mr gordo and that buffy is dragging her to a, par a house party that night which it ends up being that uh the party that they're going to is at riley's house mm -hmm. so it gives them an opportunity to talk. Um, let's see. Elsewhere, Spike returns to his lair to find Harmony. Um, she slaps him and is angry with him for leaving. Or, or, she's angry with him because the last time that she saw him was back in the harsh light of day mm. when he staked her. And the only reason that she uh, she survived was because she was wearing the gem of Amara. So... Uh, Spike manages to sweet talk his way back into her good graces. He tells her that the first thing they're going to do is kill the Slayer, and then they can do whatever she wants. Right. Uh, at the party that night, uh, Buffy and Willow arrive. Willow goes to speak to Riley, acting as his wingman and telling him that based on Buffy's outfit, uh, he'd be better off asking her to dance than trying to get into like a heavy conversation with her. Mm. After revealing that he can't dance, which honestly did not surprise me at all. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, Willow recommends they talk. She uh, ends their conversation by stating, and remember, if you hurt her, I'll beat you to death with a shovel. A big disclaimer is nobody's friend. Have fun. <laughs> okay, bye, Rock. Um, so yeah, I love Willow. <laughs> yes, she's wonderful. Uh, Riley walks up to talk to Buffy, is awkward as hell, asking her about homework and completely striking out, then offers her cheese. <laughs> yeah, 
what's what he knows now. Yeah. Um, elsewhere, Xander and Giles have been out searching for the commando guys. They split up, and Xander runs into Harmony, who is working on burning a bunch of Spike's stuff because she's mad at him over still being obsessed with and um, with taking down the Slayer. Xander and Harmony get into the stupidest poser kung fu and hair pulling fight before calling a truce and agreeing to go their separate ways. Through their conversation, Harmony reveals to Xander that Spike is back. Yeah, I love the actors just really go for it in this scene. It's oh, yeah. Well, because, I mean, Xander's never been a fighter. No. So him just being able to fight all of a sudden would be very out of character. Mm-hmm. Harmony is a ditz. <laughs> and apparently did not uh, inherit the vampires immediately just know how to fight Gene. So it's just hysterical, and they're like doing like the really stupid like kung fu poses, and then just end up getting into a hair pulling fight. So, I th- I think it's hysterical. Yeah. Um. Let's see. After striking at her with Buffy, Riley and Willow are hanging out on the couch. Willow is uh, listening to Riley beat himself up about how bad he choked with Buffy. As they're sitting there, a Dingo's Ate My Baby song comes on. The tape they're using. Uh, at the party is made up of a bunch of old bands who had played at the house the year before. Riley notices Willow's reaction. Uh, she tells him that it's the song, and then he, uh, Riley immediately steps in and gets them to change the song. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a, a nice, nice, little, nice little Boy Scout moment there for yeah, Riley. Absolutely. Um, let's see. After not having a great time and having the Dingo's Ate My Baby um, song come on, that's kind of like the last draw for Willow, so she decides to head home, telling Riley that she he he can use her leaving as an excuse to go talk to Buffy again. Um, so he can kind of use that to break the ice. Mm-hmm. So Riley goes over, tells Buffy that Willow is leaving, she's okay, just kind of blue. Um, and he's about to ask her something when Xander runs in, telling Buffy that he needs her for some urgent, unfinished business. Uh, Buffy gets the hint and immediately leaves with Xander. Yeah. Which, something kind of funny, obviously intentional about this, um, is that when they go to leave, like, I don't know if Buffy grabs Xander's hand or Xander grabs Buffy's hand, but Mm. it's, like, they walk out of the house holding hands. Yeah. And it's obviously just, like, something that the writers decided to throw in to, like, the stage directions. Mm. uh, Because... Riley, or sorry, uh, Buffy and Xander holding hands is not like a usual thing. No, definitely not. Um, so let's see. Riley's friends quickly scoop him up, saying that they're needed downstairs. They open a mirror into a secret elevator, and it's revealed that there's a secret military installation under the frat house filled with army people and scientists and lab coats doing experiments on demons. It's yes. revealed that Riley Forrest and Grant were the army guys in camo who have been running around campus. Mm. There's also a lot, of, a lot of foil down here. Yes. So, it's yes. important for science, I guess. <laughs> well, you need the reflectiveness, because yeah, reasons. Exactly. <laughs> um, Riley and his friends are told that Hostel 17 has escaped, and they need to track him down. It, uh, they're clearly referring to Spike. The guys head out in camo gear, only to come across Buffy, who is out, like, waiting for Spike. Mm. Um. Riley goes to try to intercept Buffy and offers to walk her back to her dorm, but Buffy tries to shrug him off, implying that she could take care of herself and maybe she should be the one walking him back to his frat house. 
They continue this dance until they hear a scream in the distance and then take off in different yeah, different directions. Right. So it's kind of like the the dance of the alter mm-hmm. alternate e- no, not alter egos. The secret secret identities. Yeah. There we go. It's a fun. I scene. can talk. <laughs> um so let's see. Willow back in her depressive state in her dorm gets a knock on the door and invites the person in only to have it revealed that it is Spike. Yeah. Uh, he he broke. We see him earlier break into the school and like track down Buffy's dorm number uh, when he was looking for Buffy. So uh, he went there to find Buffy. Finds Willow. Willow offers to do a spell for him. Uh, kind of a callback to when he turned up last time in season three, where he kidnapped Willow and Xander to get Willow to do the love spell to bring Drusilla back to him. Um. Basically, Spike says that he's not there for that. Uh, his plan is to kill Willow, but offers to either let her stay dead or help her come back as a vampire. Mm. He turns up the music and they start to fight. Spike clearly having the upper hand and bites Willow. Then they cut to commercial. Yeah, I have to imagine watching this live. Like that must have been so scary because you like you like hear the bite. Yeah, and then it cuts to commercial, and it's just like, like a horrifying scene in general. Oh yeah. The way that, like, Spike has his hand over Willow's mouth and he's, like, on top of her. I mean, there's always been a very, like, sexual, primal way about Spike mm-hmm. when it comes to being a vampire and biting and all that stuff. Right. Um, but it, it's clearly, like, almost like a metaphor for rape, almost. Yeah, well, yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so... Back after the cut to commercial, we see Willow and Spike sitting on her bed. They have a conversation indicating that he clearly had some performance issues. Right. Um, when it came to biting and killing her, Spike tries to bite Willow again, but recoils, grabbing his head in pain. Willow tries to talk him down, asking if this happens to every vampire. <laughs> and then saying maybe it's because of her, because he <laughs> came looking for Buffy and settled for Willow. Oh, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> uh, I have all of the lines in my notes, but it's mm. there's like this fantastic line where, or this fantastic scene where um, Willow's like, you know, I, I know I'm not the kind of girl that, you know, vampires like to bite. It's always, you know, you're such a, you're like a sister or you're such a good friend. And Spike being like, don't be ridiculous. I'd bite you in a heartbeat. I've thought about <laughs> it before. And Willow's like, seriously, when? And uh, Spike's like, you know, last year you were wearing like this, um, this fuzzy sweater with the lilac underneath. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really funny. It's like a really kind of cute scene. Mm-hmm. And then Willow finally realizes that she's consoling Spike for not being able to kill her. Uh, she picks up a lamp and smashes it over his head before attempting to run out the door. Mm-hmm. However, her door is locked. Um, a result of Riley and his commando friends auto-locking all the doors from the outside before they shut the lights off and attempt to break into the dorms to capture Spike. I have so many issues with this. Um, So they shut off the lights and are running through the dorm with like infrared goggles on Mm -hmm. or like night vision goggles. Um, They then have to use an ax to break down the door that they have locked. Yeah. No keys. No. Yeah. Well, like Willow was, like, pulling on the door. I have to mm. imagine the lock 
like she would she could try to unlock it from the inside but it wouldn't work but right. the fact that they have no way to disengage the lock that they engaged and have to break down the door and cause structural damage to get into the dorm room to get Spike is just stupid to me. Yeah. Um, once the door is open, Willow, all like 90 pounds of Willow, <laughs> flings herself out of the door to try to escape Spike and manages to knock down all three of the commando guys. Yeah, they just weren't prepared, you know? They thought a vampire was in there. 90-pound human girl runs into them, yeah. and they all, they just fall down like bowling pins. I don't, mm-hmm. okay. Hi, you're back. Okay. <laughs> um, Rocky has rejoined the podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. The commando guys momentarily get distracted by Willow because she just knocked them all down. One of them almost shoots her, but, like, one of the other ones stops him right before he pulls the trigger. Uh, Spike is able to get the upper hand and nearly bites one of them, showing that the pain when attempting to hurt someone isn't, like, Willow-specific, because mm. he ends up recoiling again. Right. Uh, the commandos capture Spike and are about to take Willow away as well to follow containment protocol. They think she might have been bitten and turned. Um, while arguing over whether to take Willow with them, Spike manages to break out of the zip ties they use to tie his hands. <laughs> And he manages to fight his way out of escape. Here's my thing. Okay. There are videos on the internet about how to break out of zip ties for a regular human being. Mm. It's not that difficult. Why would they think that zip ties would work on a vampire? These are the most, these are the most inept, like monster hunters. I don't, I don't know. I just, yeah. Um, so, Forrest grabs Willow and looks about ready to pistol whip her uh, to subdue the 90-pound Willow Mm. before Buffy arrives and shoots off a flare gun, temporarily blinding the commando guys uh, who have been wearing night vision goggles. Buffy Mm. kicks their butts, uh, getting more than a good shot in on Rally before the three of them decide to abort their mission. Yeah. It's all just so dumb. It is. Um, so let's see. We see uh, Riley's team has filed a report um, stating that Hostel 17, Spike, has an accomplice who is strong, fast, and some and somehow escapes description. They do mention that Hostel 17's implant is working, uh, and he can't harm a living thing without experiencing intense neurological pain. So we know now that there's some sort of thing implanted into Spike's head that is causing him the pain. Um, The next day on campus, Riley catches up with Buffy. They talk, and you can tell uh, a bond is forming and some sparks are starting to fly. Buffy tells Riley that he's a little peculiar, and Riley says that he can live with that. So yeah, um, one funny thing to note about this episode is there were there are two fight scenes in this episode that when Joss Whedon initially saw them, he like flipped out and made them recut them. Yeah. Um, one is Spike's escape from the initiative, and the other is his escape from the commandos in the dorm hallway. Uh, in the initial cut, the reason that Joss Whedon flipped out is because Spike was hitting everybody. Like he was punching people left, right, mm. and center. Right. And Joss is like, guys, he wouldn't be able to do this. Yeah. 
So they recut it so it looks like Spike is just, like, throwing people and not actually just punching them in the face. Mm. But I thought it was some, just something really funny to, like, point yeah, out. Yeah, no, it's... it's yeah. Uh, it's just miscommunication between the stunt department and the, the <laughs> writers. A little bit. Um, so, yeah, as far as a rating on this one, I gave it eight stakes. Um, Rocky's blocking my light. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rocky, can, can you not? There we go. My life's back. Okay. Um, let's see. So it's an episode seven, which in the kind of pattern of episode sevens, very plot advancing. Um, mm. So yeah, it's, it's a great episode. You should watch it. Yeah. Even he though was... Riley is, Riley is super cringy. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. I gave it a seven for episode seven. It's very good. Solid, yeah. solid stuff. All right. Anything else you'd like to add before we close this episode out? Uh, so I did live tweet these episodes over mm-hmm. on Twitter, um, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so a lot of engagement. Um, if you guys like me live tweeting the episodes, even if you're not seeing the tweets as they're coming out live and you catch them later, uh, feel free to go over there and follow or subscribe and like mm-hmm. the tweets. I don't, I don't know how yeah. Twitter works. Retweet all that stuff. Yeah, um, and if I can get some good engagement, then I might continue doing it. Um, like I was telling Brian, it it took me 90 minutes to get through a 45-minute episode wh- when I was watching the episode, also taking notes, and also live-tweeting. Mm. So if it creates some good engagement and, you know, we can get some discussions in there or something like that, um, yeah. I, I might continue it. Otherwise, I, I think I might save myself a little bit of time. It's understandable, um, of course. Yeah. So... If you want me to continue doing that, please go over and like the tweets, retweet, whatever. Um, mm. uh, even just tweet me and tell me that you're enjoying them. I don't know. Um, also, occasionally you can find me over on Twitch on the Grassblock UK channel, either in the chat or um, playing along. So it's it's a fun time. It's just a group of people who like making fun of each other and playing video games. So uh, head over there. Let them know I sent you. Yeah. Say hi. Let them know. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the fake BMAR, that's B-M-A-R-R. You can follow the channel on Twitter at WG Everything on Instagram at Wicked Good Everything on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Wicked Everything and on TikTok. Search Wicked Good Everything. We will see you guys in the next one. Uh, Rocky came in to say bye. Can you say bye to everyone, Rocky? Rocky, say bye. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. See you next time. <laughs>